So from paper 189, The Resurrection. Soon after the burial of Jesus on Friday afternoon, the chief of the archangels of Nebadon, then present on Urantia, summoned his council of the resurrection of sleeping will creatures and entered upon the consideration of a possible technique for the restoration of Jesus. These assembled sons of the local universe, the creatures of Michael, did this on their own responsibility. Gabriel had not assembled them. By midnight they had arrived at the conclusion that the creature could do nothing to facilitate the resurrection of the Creator. They were disposed to accept the advice of Gabriel, who instructed them that since Michael had laid down his own life of free will, he also had the power to take it up again, in accordance with his own determination. Shortly after the adjournment of the Council of the Archangels, the Life Carriers and their various associates, in the work of creature rehabilitation and morancha creation, the personalized adjuster of Jesus, being in personal command of the assembled celestial host then on Urantia, spoke these words to the anxious waiting watchers. Not one of you can do aught to assist your Creator Father in the return to life. As a mortal of the realm, he has experienced mortal death. As the sovereign of the universe, he still lives. That which you observe is the mortal transit of Jesus of Nazareth from life in the flesh to life in the Marantia. The spirit transit of this Jesus was completed at the time I separated myself from his personality and became your temporary director. Your Creator Father has elected to pass through the whole of the experience of his mortal creatures, from birth on the material worlds on through natural death and the resurrection of the Marantia into the status of true spirit existence. A certain phase of this experience you are about to observe, but you may not participate in it. Those things which you do ordinarily for the creature, you may not do for the Creator. A Creator Son has within himself the power to bestow himself in the likeness of any of his created sons. He has within himself the power to lay down his observable life and take it up again. And he has this power because of the direct command of the Paradise Father, and I know whereof I speak. When they heard the personalized adjuster so speak, they all assumed the attitude of anxious expectancy. From Gabriel down to the most humble cherubim, they saw the mortal body of Jesus in the tomb. They detected evidences of the universe activity of their beloved sovereign, and not understanding such phenomena, they waited patiently for developments. Section 1, The Marantia Transit At 2.45 Sunday morning, the Paradise Incarnation Commission, consisting of seven unidentified Paradise personalities, arrived on the scene and immediately deployed themselves about the tomb. At ten minutes before three, intense vibrations of commingled material and morancha activities began to issue from Joseph's new tomb. And at two minutes past three o'clock, this Sunday morning, April 9th, AD 30, the resurrected morancha form and personality of Jesus 
of Nazareth came forth from the tomb. After the resurrected Jesus emerged from his burial tomb, the body of flesh in which he had lived and wrought on earth for almost 36 years was still lying there in the sepulchre niche, undisturbed and wrapped in the linen sheet, just as it had been laid to rest by Joseph and his associates on Friday afternoon. Neither was the stone before the entrance of the tomb in any way disturbed. The seal of Pilate was still unbroken, and the soldiers were still on guard. The temple guards had been on continuous duty. The Roman guard had been changed at midnight. None of these watchers suspected that the object of their vigil had risen to a new and higher form of existence, and that the body which they were guarding was now a discarded outer covering, which had no further connection with the delivered and resurrected Marantia personality of Jesus. Mankind is slow to perceive that in all that is personal, matter is the skeleton of Marantia, and that both are the reflected shadow of enduring spirit reality. How long before you will regard time as the moving image of eternity and space as the fleeting shadow of paradise realities? As far as we can judge, no creature of this universe nor any personality from another universe had anything to do with this Marantia resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. On Friday, he laid down his life as a mortal of the realm. On Sunday morning, he took it up again as a Marantia being of the system of Satania and Norlishadek. There is much about the resurrection of Jesus which we do not understand, but we know that it occurred as we have stated, and at about the time indicated. We can also record that all known phenomena associated with this mortal transit, or Marantia resurrection, occurred right there in Joseph's new tomb, where the mortal material remains of Jesus lay wrapped in burial cloths. We know that no creature in the local universe participated in this Marantia awakening. We perceived that seven personalities of paradise surrounded the tomb, but we did not see them do anything in connection with the Master's awakening. Just as soon as Jesus appeared beside Gabriel, just above the tomb, the seven personalities from paradise signalized their intention of immediate departure for Uversa. Let us forever clarify the concepts of the resurrection of Jesus by making the following statements. Number one, his material or physical body was not a part of the resurrected personality. When Jesus came forth from the tomb, his body of flesh remained undisturbed in the sepulcher. He emerged from the burial tomb without making the stones before the entrance and without disturbing the seals of Pilate. Number two, he did not emerge from the tomb as a spirit, nor as Michael of Nabadon. He did not appear in the form of a creator sovereign, such as he had been before his incarnation in the likeness of mortal flesh on Urantia. Number three, 
He did come forth from this tomb of Joseph in the very likeness of the Marantia personalities of those who, as resurrected Marantia ascended beings, emerged from the resurrection halls of their first mansion world of this local system of Satania. And the presence of the Michael Memorial at the center of the vast court of the resurrection halls of Mansonia Number 1 leads us to conjecture that the Master's resurrection on Urantia was in some way fostered on this, the first of the system mansion worlds. The first act of Jesus on arising from the tomb was to greet Gabriel and instruct him to continue in executive charge of universe affairs under Emmanuel. And then he directed the chief of the Melchizedeks to convey his brotherly greetings to Emmanuel. He thereupon asked the Most Highs of Adentia for the certification of the Ancients of Days as to his mortal transit. And turning to the assembled Marantia groups of the seven mansion worlds, here gathered together to greet and welcome their Creator as a creature of their order, Jesus spoke the first words of his post-mortal career. Said the Marantia Jesus, Having finished my life in the flesh, I would tarry here for a short time in transition form, that I may more fully know the life of my ascendant creatures and further reveal the will of my Father in paradise. After Jesus had spoken, he signaled to the personalized adjuster and all universe intelligence who had been assembled on Urantia to witness the resurrection were immediately dispatched to their respective universe assignments. This initiation into the Marantia world required more than an hour of earth time and was twice interrupted by his desire to communicate with his former associates in the flesh as they came out from Jerusalem wonderingly to peer into the tomb to discover what they considered evidence of his resurrection. Now is the mortal transit of Jesus, the Marantia resurrection of the Son of Man completed. The transitory experience of the Master as a personality midway between the material and the spiritual has begun. And he has done all this through his power inherent within himself. No personality has rendered him any assistance. He now lives as Jesus of Marantia, and as he begins his Marantia life, the material body of flesh lies there undisturbed in the tomb. The soldiers are still on guard, and the seal of the governor about the rocks has not yet been broken. So here in paper 189 is the behind-the-scenes look at those hours after Jesus' final breath on the cross and his appearance on resurrection morning on Sunday. A famous Chicago broadcaster once said, and now the rest of the story. And so we continue with our story of the resurrection, taking excerpts from paper 189, which describes the event that we're all celebrating on Easter week, the event of the resurrection, that of Jesus surviving the death on the cross and resurrecting on Sunday morning. And we've been giving you the Urantia book narrative, which provides the spiritual perspective of what happened from the point of view of the angelic and celestial hosts. The entire universe was vibrant. Uh, one of the 
one of the things about the Arantia book is it explains to us that this was a very important event on high. This was the Creator Son, the highest representative of the Father in our universe. And he was ending his life as a mortal of the realm, and he would take it up again just as he said he would on the third day. And so this account may be a new account for you. Now we all know and are familiar with the biblical account, but this is a slightly different version because it does give us the perspective of what was happening behind the scenes when all this was transpiring. And in the first part of paper 189, we learned about Gabriel being here, about the uh, the uh, assembled hosts that were witnessing the event and that how none of them could do anything about it except wait until the Creator Son took up his own life. And then we were introduced to Jesus' spirit, the actual spirit that guided him in his life, his personalized adjuster, who told all of those who had assembled that they had to wait until Jesus or the resurrected Jesus would take up his life again. And so now we move on to just after that momentous event, when Jesus has now been resurrected, and we enter into paper two, which is the material body of Jesus. At 10 minutes past three o'clock, as the resurrected Jesus was fraternizing with the assembled Maranja personalities from the seven mansion worlds of Satania, the chief of the archangels, the angels of the resurrection, approached Gabriel and asked for the mortal body of Jesus. Said the chief of the archangels, quote, We may not participate in the resurrection of the bestowal experience of Michael, our sovereign, but we would have his mortal remains put in our custody for immediate dissolution. We do not propose to employ our technique of dematerialization. We merely wish to invoke the process of accelerated time. It is enough that we have seen the sovereign live and die on Urantia. The hosts of heaven would be spared the memory of enduring the sight of the slow decay of the human form of the creator and upholder of a universe. In the name of the celestial intelligences of all Nebadon, I ask for a mandate giving me the custody of the mortal body of Jesus of Nazareth and empowering us to proceed with its immediate dissolution. And when Gabriel had conferred with the senior most high of Edentia, one of the Verondadec sons, the most high that rules in the kingdoms of men pretty high up, the archangel spokesman for the celestial host was given permission, given permission to make such disposition of the physical remains of Jesus as he might determine. It is interesting as a side note that this decision it explains perhaps the Shroud of Turin, because as you'll see, the process that they used could have resulted in a flash that would be left as a remnant, which is what they describe the Shroud of Turin as. All throughout Jesus' life, he didn't want to leave anything behind. And the reason he didn't want to leave anything behind is because he didn't want people to, to worship material things. And it's interesting because the Shroud of Turin sits at the St. John's a seminary in northern Italy and millions of people visit this site for just this thing just to see this shroud because they do believe that it is the shroud of Jesus Christ what he was wrapped in when he when he died so while the Urantia book doesn't corroborate the shroud of Turin it does 
give us an explanation of why the Shroud of Turin may appear the way that it does. And so as we continue on, after the chief of archangels had been granted this request, he summoned to his assistance many of his fellows, together with a numerous host of representatives of all orders of celestial personalities. And then, with the aid of the Arantia Midwayers, proceeded to take possession of Jesus' physical body. This body of death was a purely material creation. It was physical and literal. It could not be removed from the tomb, as the Marantia form of the resurrection had been able to escape the sealed sepulchre. By the aid of certain Marantia auxiliary personalities, the Marantia form can be made at one time as of the spirit, so that it can become indifferent to ordinary matter, while at another time it can become discernible and contactable to material beings, such as the mortals of the realm. As they made ready to remove the body of Jesus, it was assigned the secondary Urantia Midwayer to roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb. The larger of these two stones was a huge circular affair, much like a millstone, and it moved in a groove chiseled out of the rock so that it could be rolled back and forth to open or close the tomb. When the watching Jewish guards and the Roman soldiers in the dim light of the morning saw this huge stone begin to roll away from the entrance of the tomb, apparently of its own accord, without any visible means to account for such motion, they were seized with fear and panic, and they fled in haste from the scene. The Jews fled to their homes afterwards, going back to report these doings to their captains at the temple. The Romans fled to the fortress of Antonia and reported what they had seen to the centurion as soon as he arrived on duty. The Christian belief in the resurrection of Jesus has been based on the fact of the empty tomb. It was indeed a fact that the tomb was empty, but this is not the truth of the resurrection. The tomb was truly empty when they first arrived, the believers, and this fact, associated with that of the undoubted resurrection of the Master, led to the formulation of a belief which was not true. The teachings that the material and mortal body of Jesus were raised from the grave. The tomb of Joseph was empty, but not because the body of Jesus had been rehabilitated or resurrected, but because the celestial hosts had been granted their request to afford it a special and unique dissolution, a return of the dust to dust, without the intervention of the delays of time and without the operation of the ordinary and visible processes of mortal decay and material corruption. The true evidences of the resurrection are spiritual in nature, albeit this teaching is corroborated by the testimony of many mortals of the realm who met recognized, and communed with the resurrected Marantia Master. He became a part of the personal experience of almost 1,000 human beings before he finally took leave of Urantia. A little after half past four o'clock this Sunday morning, Gabriel summoned the archangels to his side and made ready to inaugurate the general resurrection of the termination of the Adamic dispensation on Urantia. When the vast host of the seraphim and the cherubim concerned in this great event had been marshaled in proper formation, the Marantia Michael appeared before Gabriel, saying, As my father has life in himself, so has he given it to the son to have life 
in himself. Although I have not yet fully resumed the exercise of universe jurisdiction, this self-imposed limitation does not in any manner restrict the bestowal of life upon my sleeping sons. Let the roll call of the planetary resurrection begin. The circuit of the archangels then operated for the first time on Urantia. Gabriel and the archangel hosts moved to the place of the spiritual polarity of the planet. And when Gabriel gave the signal, there flashed to the first of the system mansion worlds the voice of Gabriel, saying, By the mandate of Michael, let the dead of the Arantia dispensation rise. Then all of the survivors of the human races of Urantia, who had fallen asleep since the days of Adam, and who had not yet already gone on to judgment, appeared in the resurrection halls of Mansonia in readiness for Marantia investiture. And in an instant of time, the Seraphim and their associates made ready to depart for the mansion worlds. This was the third of the planetary roll calls, or complete dispensational resurrections. The first occurred at the time of the arrival of the planetary prince, the second during the time of Adam, and this, the third, signalized the Marantia resurrection, the mortal transit of Jesus of Nazareth. When the signal of the planetary resurrection had been received by the chief of archangels, the personalized adjuster, but the Son of Man relinquished his authority over the celestial hosts assembled then on Urantia, turning all of these sons of the local universe back to the jurisdiction of their respective commanders. And when he had done this, he departed for Salvington to register with Emmanuel the completion of the mortal transit of Michael. And he was immediately followed by all the celestial hosts not required for duty on Urantia. But Gabriel remained on Urantia with the Morancha Jesus. And this is the recital of the events of the resurrection of Jesus as viewed by those who saw them as they really occurred, free from the limitations of partial and restricted human vision. And that brings us to the conclusion of paper 189, papers and sections 1 and 2, talking about the resurrection that we're not told about in the Bible. And it's an incredible story. And for this Easter uh, celebration, I appreciate you joining me on this edition, this special edition of the Arantia Radio Podcast. Uh-huh.